Hello everyone. My name is Sonia Dillon Marty from Tokyo, Japan. Welcome to the ninth edition of Rapangi Dialogue, a conversation about ethics and family. Ethical considerations like honesty, respect, fairness, responsibility, and compassion guide our interaction with our families and the decision we make towards our families. Of course, values can vary across culture and religions. Beliefs often shape our ethical principle and moral values. Today, I want to have a conversation about how our beliefs impact the family. I don't think that we have to sacrifice some of the core beliefs that we have. Like in my religion, we believe marriage is between men and a woman. We're very clear about that. Just at the I, beginning I, I, of I'm cherry blossom cool. season, I invited to my house in Tokyo a Catholic, a Christian, a Mormon, a self-proclaimed agnostic, a Buddhist monk, a Jew, and I am a Sikh. We had an open and honest conversation with an aim to search for the truth above our biases for the common good. Let me introduce them to you. So I'm Hideo Rai. I was born here in Japan. Um, I have a Chinese father and Japanese mother. Hideo Rai is a Japanese professional with 35 years of work experience at Dentsu, the leading advertising company in Japan. We've uh, changed our nationality when I was uh, 13 to Japanese. And I have four brothers, all boys. The two went to Japanese school and myself and my little brother went to international school. It's a Catholic school, St. Joseph, for 12 years. And then Sophia University is is again Catholic school. So I've been kind of uh, engaged with all this uh, Catholic educational system. Although the school did not force the non-religion people to be Catholic. So there was uh, religion classes as well as ethic classes. If I asked you what is family in your mind and what place it has in your life, that is your belief system about the idea of family. I think what I believe is that people should be different. Mm -hmm. People should be unique. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think, what I have been educated throughout this uh, Catholic school, Western influence education. And then I went to a a typical Japanese company where in general, you will be asked to be the same. So I've been there for 35 years and then I got used to it. But deep in my, I think in my soul, I think being different and being unique and be yourself is what you should be. Hideo explains how living in New York for some years made him appreciate many of the qualities of Japan, like the extreme politeness of Japanese people. But he also found homogeneity of the society stifling. I really believe that the Japanese would be much, much better if they would be receptive to the differences of people and perhaps the religion, because um, most Japanese are non-religious, right? They go. They're superstitious and, and they more than religious. Right. They're right. So you know they 
they go to shrines and um, New Year, and then they celebrate Halloween, <laughs> Christmas. That's 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 fine. But I I think they're well. I think Japanese are in a way very superstitious.、Um, they're just not consistent enough. Even after all his education in Japanese Catholic institutions, Hideo considers himself a non-religious person. But what if you grow up in a Catholic country where the official religion is Catholicism? My name is Gonzalo Robledo. I'm from Colombia, and、uh, I've been here from eighty one, nineteen eighty one. Gonzalo. A foreign correspondent in Tokyo has been in Japan for forty years. Explains that he does not observe the rituals of Catholicism anymore. But my culture continues to be Catholic because you're raised、mm. with that beliefs, and then、uh, you your culture, everything in our cultures like、uh, paintings and songs and everything somehow has this Catholicism built in. For Gonzalo, religion and family became one through his mother. He recognized the importance of religion when he saw how his mother felt after praying at the church. She was like another person, and I said, "Well, that's that's really important, you know, really important because、uh, everything she had, like all the worries or everything, came in this moment, and she kind of they, they had she had this communication." And then when she came out, she was so I realized I said it's it's very important. I, I had a lot of respect for.、So、Gonzalo learned to respect all faiths, as they are so therapeutic to people. Is for helping people, for making a base of people of the upbringing, creating principles, and uh, uh, yeah, I have a lot of, of, of respect. I would say、yeah. to understand a religion that values. Rules. I invited Doug Hymas, a banker and a Mormon bishop in Tokyo. Doug believes in the eternal nature of family. So we take family very, very seriously. If you spend any time in the U.S. You'll, and study religion, you'll see it's usually Catholics and Mormons who are very conservative and hold to the the traditional、uh, Christian values about family. I asked Doug to share the basic family values of his Mormon faith. We believe that families are eternal. We believe that marriage is eternal, not just for on this earth. So it's, we're pretty serious about marriage, and um, uh, we perform marriages inside the temple under proper priesthood authority. And we believe that that relationship continues beyond death. So we don't believe in the until death do you part.、Mm-hmm. In English. When people get married, they often say "until death do you part." But we don't believe that. We believe it goes on beyond. We also believe that families are eternal, and that、um, we believe that we, you know, we we existed before we came here as children of God. Unity of the family is very important, and Mormons are famous for being family focused. Families are considered to be eternal, but they also face and accept the reality of divorce. Not every family works out the way it's supposed to be. We have this ideal, but then there's the reality. I myself was divorced one time. I never expected to be divorced. I never even knew what to do about being. I never taught, was taught how to handle divorce. That was very hard for me to handle because I didn't expect to be in that situation. But、um, so my experience has been that you know, it's good to have the ideal. It's also good to be able to handle the reality of life because it sometimes throws you curveballs,、mm-hmm. and you've got to be prepared for that. Um, but we should still strive for the ideal. 
A third concern that Doug shares with us is how society is leaving family values. We're moving away from family values. We're moving more toward individuality, which I think is important. But as we break down the importance and reliance on family units and try to replace that with government or other external institutions, I just worry that that's, that's going to result in a weakened society. Mm-hmm. Because I think the love the parents have for their children, I think the love that comes within a family unit is greater than just about any feeling that people can have. It's not, it's not perfect. It doesn't work for every family. Some individuals have issues there. But if you'll notice, most people, even if they're not in a traditional family, are trying to create something that mimics or, or imitates a traditional family. Another concern that Doug shares with us is the changes to the concept of family brought on by political institutions. A lot of governments and politicians and Others in society are trying to supplant, in other words, replace family with something else. I, I see that as not a good thing. Why not, why not just stick with what we know has worked? It's worked for thousands of years. Let's keep to it, but let's also accommodate alternatives. That's, that's kind of my view. And to talk about alternatives, I invited a Japanese Buddhist monk, makeup artist, and LGBTQ spokesperson and activist. Hello, my name is Koro. I'm a Buddhist monk and also an artist. I grew up in Japan and I lived in Japan until when I was 18. And I left because I couldn't feel comfortable in Japan to the US and I spent 11 years. And now um, I am a well, spokesperson for LGBTQ rights uh, from Japan. And I talk about equal rights. Kodo explains his vision of family. He feels fortunate to have had supportive parents, which is not always the case with many LGBTQ people. So um, to me, I think the reason why people wanted to go out of the family was because for many LGBTQ people, they didn't feel welcomed or they felt abundant. So maybe that's why they needed to find their chosen family. And I'm sure that it's very difficult for them to connect with people financially because they are not um, connected with blood. And that's not how the traditional family worked. So um, that I think is the reason like many um, diverse uh, organizations are kind of introduced and is appreciated now. Um, in my case, um, I feel comfortable and connected with my family. I'm very glad that my parents are very supportive. Like many families with businesses, Buddhist temples look to their children to become monks and carry the family tradition. Buddhist monks expect their children to inherit the temple and um, keep running the, um, the family business. but. Um, that is not necessarily the best way because um, children, they all have their own desire and their fortes and it doesn't mean that they are comfortable or they are going to be successful being monks. Koda's father was different. He himself was reluctant at first to the idea of running a temple and he did not put any pressure on his son. One thing that I truly appreciate about him is that he didn't force me to um, study Buddhism or inherit the temple. And he always said that um, it's very important that you do something that you love, 
because that's how you can excel and succeed. After working as a professional makeup artist in the U.S., Kodo decided to come back to Japan and become a monk. Acceptance of his gay identity in the Buddhist faith made him go back to his roots as a son of a monk and inherit the temple in Tokyo. And what I learned is that um, LGBTQ people, any people with any differences are celebrated in Buddhism. So mm-hmm. that's why I wanted to be an advocate for that kind of equality message from Buddhism and that I think is my role. Another fundamental change is the prospect of his own marriage that will take place abroad as same-sex marriages are not yet legal in Japan. We asked Kodo about him forming his own family. If you can trust the other person, then it's easier to be family. I also feel that my best friend from Spain uh, is my family also because I don't mind talking about anything about money or my mistakes. Um, I feel that I'm very safe and comfortable with him. So I, I believe that we can be family with more than just blood families. Are you interested in having children? I'm not really looking to have kids because I feel that there are enough people in the world and I think that um, we should share what we have with anybody who is alive. And um, uh, I think it's kind of sad when religion uh, focuses on reproduction so that they have more followers and that generates money also. So. Um, I think the root of religion is to help people to con- connect people and bring them comfort or security. Yes. And it's not necessarily about who should live like how. We do agree with Kodo that religion should not be exclusionary and that everyone should feel safe and loved regardless of their differences. Another of my guests, Yoav Kaider, helps us understand family in Judaism. He explains that beside belief in God and religious practices, such as observance of holidays and specific dietary laws, Judaism is an ethnicity and culture, as it encompasses shared traditions, customs, and history that are unique to the Jewish people. Jewish family, when we say family, it's usually in my family it's about 50 60 people coming by the way every friday in my grandmother or even my mother's house we're gathering at least 30 40 sometimes 50 people and this consider family so when we say family it's not mean only father mother brothers it's kind of a clan or very very strong one very original practice is the passover book a text that has been in his family for centuries. We have this book over almost 500 years. Wow. And in this book of the Agatha, this book that we keep in the family, we have all the family. So I can see the roots of my family in the last, how we go from Frankfurt and then from Frankfurt to, to <coughs> Vienna and things like mm. that. And, you know, we have all, I don't know how many generations, about... 30, 40 generation of, of, uh, of like this. And 
And basically, and this is also the, you know, and we have kind of rules in this dinner. So this is the first, the youngest of the family have to come and read time. So for me, Jewish is, is not religion. For me, Jewish is uh, ethnic, more uh, cultural traditions and like this. At this point, Doug offers his definition of family. Well, yeah, well, let's define family. I think it starts, though, with with a mother and father <clears throat> and child. That's where it starts. And then it goes there. They become grandparents and they have more children. It grows from there. And so we have larger family connections but I think it tends to come down to that family unit. Mm-hmm. But that's, blood, the, that's exactly the belief system of different cultures. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, in India, the family is all your extended family. As you can see, different languages, depending on how important something is, that given language has 10, 15 words for it. In India, every relative has a specific name for it. So cultures that value this extended family at a very close relationship um, is part of the cultural and the religious belief system. If you live in family life, you cannot be equal between men and women. So, because in the family, you know, the mother have job and the father have job. So, what they did in kibbutz, they took out the children out of the family. So, for example, in kibbutz, when you just born, you, you don't live with your parents anymore. So you live in children's house. Even in kibbutz, you don't have kitchen, because in the house, in our, my, my place, there was no kitchen, because who will be cook? But then slowly, all the women, that the idea was, slowly start to walk inside the kibbutz, not because they want to be near, near the children. And then, in the end, this experience didn't work. And now in kibbutz, the, the children live with the parents. Christian Schmitz is a German who grew up in a Protestant and Catholic family in Germany. What is your belief about family? I think that a, a healthy society is when uh, you have healthy families, you have a healthy society. And I can see that nowadays we have a decay of these values and uh, that there are so many people who actually could not manage to keep their marriage and the marriage is maybe the foundation of of building a family of Mm -hmm. course and um, so if you grow up in religion you you have also the do's and don'ts Mm -hmm. um, and you take things more seriously than uh, people who are not really into it. Um, so for, for me, for example, my, one of my strict uh, beliefs is, is, was always if I am with somebody, if I have a girlfriend or then, of course, a wife, basically I don't allow myself to have sex with anybody, any other person. So. I always monogamous. Hmm? Monogamous. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that, that so y- y- your wife is Japanese. Yeah. She yeah. convert to. to uh, no, she actually, no, no, she she didn't. But uh, <laughs> um, when we got married, uh, she she had to say that she would basically follow these uh, principles, and also raise the children uh, like this and. 
Just uh, last weekend, um, there's a Protestant church in in um, Gotanda here in Tokyo, and there's something called confirmation. Mm-hmm. Um, like there, I think there's something similar in in, mm-hmm. Jew, in Jewish uh, tradition. In, in Catholicism too. Yeah, yeah. In Catholicism, it's, it's earlier. It's like uh, in elementary school, but um, it's, uh, family is really uh, one of the the rocks which society should be built on and um, that um, it is something which really continues over the time and um, we we can be completely ourselves in in the family and that that would be the ideal situation if if you know if we can uh, communicate within the family like we we are our essential self so that that, mm-hmm. that what what we are yeah. if if that is accepted by the family and and of course even in the family you have different types of people and you have the the person who's in doubt, you have the person who is uh, has always advice and is the wise anchor of the family. It's, it's my father, basically, so I, I can always talk to my father. He he never basically he never criticizes me, but he's listening to me, and uh, he's he always has great advice. Um, and my mother is caring. And uh, she she is caring too much sometimes, so it, it's sometimes over-protectionism. Mm-hmm. And um, my wife is strict with the children, for example, and she's too strict sometimes. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm sometimes asking myself how, <laughs> how I can be similar to to my father who has always been a great steward of of our family so taking from you the word of stewardship and and the ethics of care kind of work are critical factors of the family that allows you to live through further you can also add what i think something that uh koto said as well that, that really touches me because I've seen this with, I, I'm a bishop in my church, right? So I, I counsel with a lot of people. One thing that really touched me about what you said and was confirmed here was the importance of being in a, having a place where you can feel safe and supported yes. and really be your true self. Mm. And I, I think a lot of us, whether you're LGBTQ or not, mm-hmm. some people grow up in families where they don't necessarily have that. Now, sometimes they, they evolve into it over time. Mm. Mm. And, and so they maybe it resolves. But I think it's important that each person whether it's in a marriage, whether it's in a, a, a good, you know, uh, steady friendship, needs that in their lives. And that's why I'm not opposed mm, to gay marriage mm. politically. Religiously, yes. I would vote against it if I had a chance to vote against it. What I would not vote against is the right to recognize unions because yeah. everyone deserves to have that. Safe there. space. Yeah, and I think our belief system, traditionally, religion was often pitted against that. And I think it's a shame because some very conservative religionists mm. said, oh, you know, because it's against my religious beliefs, I'm against it. I think we've learned that that's not the case. It's hard to have family in Tokyo, you know. Mm. It's hard to, to grow in children, so financial. So, so it's 
and all the Japanese uh, system, ecosystem is totally not supporting family. You know, I just bought company in Japan and I bought 120 staff. So I decided to interview all the staff. <laughs> I know all the name of the cat and the dog. So 120 people and only five children. Wow. And, and all the company. But everyone have dog and cat, so, so it's, it's not used. <laughs> In Japan, they lost it, you know. For example, in, in Jewish, for some Jewish family, we have, they have a lot of children. So they ask mother, you know, like 14 children. They said, how you can love, give love for 14 children, 15 children? So the, the mother <laughs> said, very simple. I give love to my husband, just to my husband. So when I give love <laughs> to my husband, they are loving the family. So the, the way of thinking in, in family is that you don't need to, to love each children. This is the way of Japanese. Or to this, you, you love your husband. If you, if, then the children grow up in love atmosphere. The conclusion formed through this dialogue among such a religiously diverse group is that families one for all and all for one. It provides us with a long-term emotional and financial safe space for the good of the group and not just the satisfaction of one. We must actively pass on such codes of conduct through rituals and traditions by evaluating different perspectives we hope to become more informed and critical thinkers. Please let us know your opinions and stay tuned for the next issue of Ripangi Dialogue. Again, many thanks to all the participants of the Dialogue on Belief. Until the next edition, live well, live ethical.